fight, 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 fight. How much did you care about the Dallas Cowboys fighting at training camp yesterday? All that and more. This episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the Dallas Cowboys were fighting yesterday in practice. How much do you care? You know, I, I think that there's 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 a little bit that can be gained from all of this, you know, <laughs> and, and like I, I think it's good to see the it's good to see the kind of practices physicality crescendo into this. Like I, I think that's from a physicality level, you want to see them kind of ramping up to the regular season, right? Um, so, and and I think that there's something to the idea of having a team that is edgy enough that it's it needs to get this out of them every once in a while. You need a team that's physical and that is, you know, that's going to fight because you want to, I mean, on offense and defense, you want to physically intimidate and, and strike fear in your opponents. Like it, it's part of the, the strategy of football. Um, and so I, I, and I think that's why you see the coaches kind of borderline cultivating this, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it, they didn't quite set up a ring and, and put the guys in and ring a bell, but I mean, they did everything up to that. And, and, and I think it's because they want to promote this level of physicality in their team. Well, so, I mean, Mike McCarthy at his opening day press conference is basically like, yeah, we're going to have some fights and kind of encourage it. Like we need to be tougher. Right. And so, yeah. I mean, to your point, like they're not, they're not saying to go out there and fight, but they're not necessarily like, Oh no, don't fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, on a process level, it's not great. I mean, obviously, you're not getting better at football by no. by, by fighting. And, and, and the other uh, other aspect of it is, you know, people end up on the ground. And when people end up on the ground, people end up hurt. And, and so, like, that's what you worry about is. Uh, but, I mean, you saw, I mean, again, this is a smart veteran team. You, you saw Demarcus Lawrence pulling Sam Williams away. And then as Sam was going crazy, Demarcus is like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to pop the helmet back on because uh, I know Never that know. things could go a little bit crazy. That's a veteran move right there. So, look, I, I you think- know what's not a veteran move? I got. I just got to say this. Got to get it off yeah. my chest. Punching somebody in the helmet with your hand has never made sense twice, to me. Like, twice? Well, because like- uh, Sam Williams tried to do it to, to Brock Hoffman, I believe. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then Micah Parsons tried to do it too. Was it again Brock Hoffman? I don't remember. No, it was it was it was uh, Biotish, and he Biotish. did it twice. And 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 here's the thing: if you go back and watch that video, I'm pretty sure that what he did is that he threw a quick punch, like a full quick jab, yeah, it was a little jab. and then did like a, a fake thing at the end to, to I think make people think that it was just uh, like a like a tap or something that he did. But he threw like a like a full on jab at Biotish, which is crazy again. Punching in the helmet is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. What, what good is going to come for that? The only thing that's going to happen is you're going to hurt your hand. You're going to break your hand, which that's the part of this that I think is stupid. Like imagine if Micah Parsons hurt, seriously hurts his hand, breaks his hands and out for the next eight weeks. Like it's, it's a killer. But at the same time, I, I saw the quote from J Ron Kirsch yesterday talking about how 
they have a kind of us versus the world mentality on yeah. defense. And they said that even is against our own offense. Like that's, that's just right. how much we believe in ourselves. That is one of the good things that can come uh, out of some of these scuffles in practice. Well, and that, and I think you have a, a really good lesson on, on the, to point to folks, hey, this is why you guys wear those guardian helmets, right? So you don't break your wrists every time you punch someone in the there helmet. I never knew like it was for much. the opposing players. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that necessary for punch, for punch absorption. So, uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, Curse, you know, mentioned, he said, like, we're not taking ish from any of the 32 teams. Yeah. So and that includes the Cowboys, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, look, I, I think I want to talk real quick before we move on from this. I think it's important that we saw this kind of thing from someone like Tyler Biotish. And I know that sounds weird and crazy, but Tyler Biotish has kind of always been like this for a while, like this replacement level center. We drafted, we like him, but he's always been kind of the guy that, you know, we always hoped for an upgrade. He had a really good season last year, Mm -hmm. you know, pro bowl season um, got injured, you know, but able to play through an injury in, in a playoff game him kind of taking on this role as the nasty guy who's not afraid to mix it up and get physical, that that would be a a very fitting spot for him to go in the next phase of his career uh, as he kind of continues to take a next step. Uh, And and I'm not joking, like, that punch he threw on on Sam Williams, even though it was a cheap shot, he got he got both hands inside, right into the chest. Didn't you know, hold. He, he the guy. It, <laughs> it, yeah, didn't hold. You know, it's it's and and and, and just to kind of comment on his play real quick, Tyler Biotish has had a very good camp. When he's been in there, he's been very clean. Uh, it's been kind of non commentary, but you know, non commentary worthy. But but I, I think that's because it's just been solid, and that's what you're looking for in a center is someone who's not getting you killed. So. Uh, I do like that that we saw that kind of uh, scrappy mentality. You need an offensive player like that. You, you, you can't you just have those kind of guys on defense. If you want a physical yeah. offense, you need someone who's physically intimidating. I think Tyler Smith, the Tyron Smith, and are that too. But it's nice to have a scrappy guy who's willing to well, go in there and mix it up when it's and, time. And I don't really think that's Tyron Smith or Zach Martin. Like, yeah, that's, that's just not, not necessarily their, their personality. It's right? not their personality at all. And yeah. I, even Tyler Smith, I just don't think has that personality. No, I think Gentle Terrence Giant almost. Yeah, kind of, right? Gentle Giant. Yeah, I think back to it was 2020, the game that Andy Dalton got hurt against Washington on a cheap shot. Do you remember this? He he yeah, was sliding yeah. and he got a concussion, and nobody did anything. Everybody, yeah. nobody on the offensive line did anything. That's right. You saw in this practice when it was Sam Williams trying to take a cheap shot at I think again I think it was Brock Hoffman that he was going against. Tyler Biotis standing up for his guys. Like I just again I don't condone fighting. Uh, none of, none of that. But you need a little bit of that toughness and, hey, we're going to protect our guys on this side of the ball. And the earlier fight, too, the other one with that involved Parsons, that was that was uh, Biotish going after Leighton Vander Esch for uh, grabbing uh, Deuce Vaughn too much. I, yeah. I, if I remember correctly, is that he felt like he was you know, kind of manhandling him a little bit too much and he was showing up for his guy, which, again, yeah. that's what you want on this team. You want these kind of guys. Like I think it was Joey Ikes who said it best, right, that that's the kind of buddy you want at your bar. Right. Like when you're out having a drink, right. Like someone starts like you know, talking to yeah. you, you want the dude that's, that's too ready at times yeah. to come in and, and push. He's just waiting, just waiting for the sign. Right. Maybe, that's, maybe that's Tyler, time. maybe don't, maybe don't like come up and, and beat up one of your mutual friends though. Maybe yeah. that's, maybe that's not it's, what we should be. It's doing. probably a good thing that the Cowboys ended camp in Oxnard because tempers were flying yesterday. Right. The good news is we did get some positive developments and some positive news that came out of camp. We will get to those next. This episode is brought to you by Nutrafol. 
Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. To take the first step to visibly thicker and healthier hair for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering listeners a ten, or $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and when you enter promo code LOCKDOWNNFL. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, and that's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L slash men and enter promo code LOCKDOWNNFL. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code LOCKDOWNNFL. Welcome back to the Lifetime Cowboys podcast. Everydayers, on tomorrow's show, we're going to break down the players that we are most excited to see in week two of the preseason when the Cowboys take on the Seattle Seahawks. So make sure you tune in for that. But, Lena, let's talk about practice yesterday. One of the things that we saw was Matt Willetsko, the Cowboys' second-year tackle, playing some left tackle, primarily a right tackle so far in camp. What did you think about him at left tackle? Well, first of all, I think just generally speaking, well, let's go had a really great day of practice just based on what we saw uh, and videos that were released. You Outside know, of we, one rep against Micah Parsons, but I don't count those. <laughs> I mean, if you want to count the Micah Parsons reps, then, uh, you know, g- good luck to you. Yeah, no um, yeah I, I, you know, I think he had a uh, – they did a lot of one-on-ones yesterday in, in, a, in a way that they haven't – we haven't seen, uh, uh, specifically offensive line versus defensive line. Uh, we just – we haven't seen a lot of that in camp. McCarthy – is not as interested in that sort of uh, uh, competitions, uh, one-on-one competition stuff. Like we just we just don't see it like we did with Garrett, where he would do that every single day, right? So we saw some of those yesterday, and well, let's go had a rep against Dante Fowler, in which he was able to kind of get in front of him and did a really great job in, in stopping him. Fowler got upset. Fowler wanted another rep, so he came back in line, pushed out. I think it was Fahoku who was lining up next. Said, "Hey, no, 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 I'm going against again against this guy." And well, let's go stopped him even better the second yeah. time. Uh, and then on top of that was taking uh, the left tackle snaps for Tyron Smith while he was taking his breather during the, the uh, 11s uh, yeah. or, and also during nine seven, I think. Uh, and was, was great. I mean, was looked really good. I mean, definitely got beat by Micah Parsons, but I mean, name an offensive tackle who won't get beat by Micah Parsons. Yeah. Um, and, and I just feel like, they have they're still kind of trying to figure out how they want to configure this right they seems a positive things from well let's go they're leaning into him to see if he can kind of continue this a little bit and now they're putting a little bit more on his plate they're trying to left tackle to see hey maybe this isn't just a right side thing he's not as great at guard obviously that wasn't that was kind of an experiment they tried right didn't work out maybe he can be our full left and right tackle swing tackle um, so I, I think they're trying that out. I would not at all be shocked if he was the starter at left tackle on on Saturday night. Um, and awesome, and I think it's left guard. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that they they put Awesome back in at, at guard, and Awesome Richards, I think, also had a very very good day yesterday. Especially, also looked really good in some of the one on ones, um, and I think was I'm trying to remember. I kind of think that he was he was playing more guard in, in the team stuff that now that I remember as well. Um, but yeah, they definitely seeming are seemingly trying to get well. Let's go as a potential, you know, I would say at least in game swing tackle. That's, that's the right? point I was going to make. It, to me, I think the idea 
is to keep Matt Waletsko as a swing tackle to get you through a game if Tyron yeah. Smith gets hurt. Yeah. And then after the game, maybe that's when you move Tyler Smith back out to left tackle and you slide in Awesome Richards or Matt Farniak, right, or whoever you want to play at left guard. But it does feel like they're at least toying with the idea of having Waletsko just be the third tackle that's active every week. And then maybe Awesome Richards is that fourth guy who – primarily guard but if you need him to kick out to play tackle at a pinch he can do that as well i wouldn't be surprised if awesome richard uh, until he's needed is the game day inactive right Mm -hmm. like that like he basically is not on the active roster until like there's an injury and then maybe well let's go finishes the game like you said as the tackle and then next week you see whether you want well let's go at left tackle or tyler smith at left tackle do you think that's because um Farniak has some experience playing center and Richards doesn't. So you, you just feel more comfortable with Farniak stepping in, playing all three guard spots, yeah. all three interior spots. Well, I, I think if you're eliminating the idea of a left and right, you know, and then a swing inside guy, then it just makes more sense to carry a swing inside guy and then a swing tackle, right? Just sure. in game. And then, uh, yeah. And, and because he doesn't, he doesn't have any center experience. You probably have to go with, like a Farniak or, yeah. or a, a Hoffman, depending on how things turn out. <laughs> well, look, I mean, here's the thing. Here's what we need to what, what we need to realize is that honestly, I, I think at this point they're viewing Hoffman and Farniak as on pretty similar levels, Probably. right? Um, I mean, we're seeing them kind of circle each other like binary stars locked in a death orbit. Uh, so it's it's like they're flipping back and forth, like, uh, you know, between guard I, and center, I, like a quasar. It's like, it's I just, just don't it's, see it. I, it's I making my eyes it. blink. It's uh, so I, I, you know, I, I can't really tell if they're figuring it out like they like these guys or if they don't think that either of these guys can play or, you know, what's going on. But I wouldn't be shocked. Again, I don't want to predict Saturday, you know, Saturday night lineup, but, I wouldn't be shocked if they flopped Farniak and Hoffman back from guard and center from where they were on Saturday. And honest to God, Marcus, I can't remember which one they were on Saturday now. So it may be Hoffman at guard and 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 well, Farniak I think it was center it was uh, it was Farniak that was playing guard. guard and it was Hoffman right? that was playing yeah. center. So I, I've seen Farniak at center and Hoffman at guard <laughs> most recently. So that's where I think yeah. they probably will. So the the other question I have is. Let's say pick one of those two guys, and then you have Awesome Richards, who's going to be on the 53-man roster. Where does that leave Chuma Adoga? Because he's been out the last was a week and a half with an injury now. Where does he fit on this roster? Because if he's not going to be your backup interior guy, and he's not going to be your swing tackle, then what is he? I, I mean, I, I feel like I have so many questions about about Chuma. Like, what's the length of his? What's the timeline of his injury? I really hope oh, yeah. somebody starts asking questions like that. Because I, I, I mean. I, I think that's going to have a huge go a huge way to determine this. I mean, my question is is like, have you seen enough from Truma in training camp to like certify him as a lock on this team? Like pencil like, him into the roster? No, I, I don't think so. So that's I think that's that's where I'm at right now. Is that like I feel like it would be beneficial for them to carry a more veteran guy as their kind of backup guy. But I don't know that I've seen Juma play good enough football that like I'm. You know, look, and, and Hoffman haven't been like lights out or anything yet. But but I I at least still want to continue to see those guys a little bit more before I'm ready to say, okay, we can cut those guys and we'll keep yep. Juma Doga. Yeah, you know. 
Yeah, the offensive line is something that they've got the starters. We know who the starters are going to yeah. be. We have a feeling we we kind of know who like offensive linemen six and seven probably are. It's just how many do you keep? Who else is on this roster? Does Josh Ball make it? Does TJ Bass make it? Because I saw TJ Bass again yesterday. Yeah, yeah. More I mean, he's got to be ones. part of this conversation. And and that's that's again that's what makes a lot of this. I was doing a 53-man roster last night, and I really shouldn't have because it, I, it started it too late, and, and, and it's an exercise that will make keep you up at night. Uh, like, and, and, and I think that the, the problem, guys, that I continue to run into are these guys who can't do more than one thing, but they're, but they're so specialized and required that you almost have to have them on the roster. I'm looking at you, Jordan Lewis. I, I mean, again, I know I had this conversation yesterday with, with, uh, with Patrick on Twitter and he had some good points and we can have a whole segment on this Patrick Walker. Sorry. Yeah. We can have a whole segment on this, but you know, when when you, when you don't have versatility and you know, you are very specialized and you're making a lot of money and there's a lot of other talented players on the team that you want to get on. It makes it really, really hard to justify you on the roster. Um, And, and I, but the problem is, is that like for on the offensive side of the ball, you need centers, you you know, if someone, if, 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 if you Biotis breaks his hand during a game, you, you got to have somebody to go in there and, and and play. The unfortunate side of that is that you know the guys that play center on this team outside of Biotis are probably the eighth and ninth best offensive linemen yeah. on this roster, and you hate to like bring them on the roster just simply because they can snap the ball. Yeah, so keep an eye on the offensive line. We're going to talk a little bit more about them tomorrow, just because it's such an interesting spot and it's such an important spot. So, so many angles. It's oh, just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I also wonder, like, are we going to see Tyler Smith tomorrow play left guard, or uh, excuse me, on on Saturday? Because I kind of think we probably need to see him in game at least a little bit. Did you did you see did you see that video of him punching Osa like in it not yeah. not during a fight but during like, during like a, a rep? rep? Yeah, like he threw a punch that ended up landing on Osa's face, and it was like. Like like your your uh, your Avi on uh, Mike Tyson's punch yeah, out, just, you know, it was yeah, like just, it was boom. like Glass Joe. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, 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 it's a good question, right? Like, I, I do wonder if we aren't going to see uh, the maybe one tier higher on the rung of of closer to starter. Well, I mean Tyler Smith. Well, like I, I, like I wonder like, if we see Tyler and Tyler play next to each other in this yeah, game. And yeah, yeah. That's what I wonder. Well, let's go play right tackle, I guess, in this game. Then I don't even know. Maybe you want to see it, more of. Uh, well, let's go left tackle to see how that. Well, that's it's, that's what it is, right? It's like it's like you you're you had Ferguson last week, right? And 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 like maybe we'll see Gallup or like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like like we'll start to see some of the I don't want to call them low end starters, but like the non superstar level yeah. of starters. Well, I wonder like maybe a couple even snaps, right? I wonder even if like Brandon Cooks is going to play like ten snaps just to get him on the field, seeing what maybe. he looks like. I, I know a lot of teams are treating. Uh, the second week of the preseason, like the dress rehearsal dress game, rehearsal. I saw Kansas City is going to play their starters two and a half quarters, I believe. I've got to imagine the Cowboys are going to up their starters at least a little bit this week. But again, we'll talk about that more tomorrow. Make sure you tune into that. I want to talk about our small running back, our small running back, small uh, Deuce Vaughn. We will get to him next. All right, Lynn, I am so excited because the Cowboys yesterday were using more of Deuce Vaughn in the receiving game. Uh, I, I cannot tell you how excited I am about the potential of a screen game actually working mm. in Dallas for the first time since 
2016? <laughs> Maybe ever. In yeah, I mean, it's been a ever, while. Ever, Bob. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, like, look, it, it, like, I think we've been saying this for, for it, it does feel like forever. Like, when can the Cowboys learn how, relearn how to use the screen game? Because yeah. it, it, it has been detrimental, you know? Like, honestly, the most successful screen game, a screenplay that they've had over the years is when the terrible tight end screen would occasionally work just out of well, pure flukiness right? I, I, like, I will say they had the one awesome screen against pittsburgh oh, in 2016 well, yeah. zeke, well, zeke, right? zeke zeke his rookie year was incredible yeah, with screen that's it that was that was yeah it. yeah and, and it seems like outside of that like that was a kind of a fluky few years and, and then it just immediately went away um yeah so to see the cowboys kind of executing these on, on a high level uh on a on an offensive line level is exciting now throw in deuce fond to that and now you really got something because it's just it's so hard to get a clear view of him uh especially once he gets out of the pocket and, and he's behind those guys uh and 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 you know it's he's his ability to kind of dodge in and out of the blocking even while out in space like i think it makes him even yeah. more dangerous and uh, yeah, and he was out, actually out there with the ones uh, doing some run stuff as well. And there's there's another great video of them running. I think it's power, right? Because you see bodies mm-hmm. moving, kind of. I'm not trying to bump my microphone, but like back and forth across the line. And then suddenly you see like these two guys move like this, and then boop, like right towards you in the camera, it comes uh, Deuce Bond popping out uh, mm-hmm. right as the right as the hole opens up. And that's uh, honestly what I think we're seeing is is like kind of his superpower is the reason he's able to be so small and run between the tackles is because his timing on hitting the hole like right as it opens up like it's he doesn't have to see the hole like he he anticipates the hole and is like already moving forward as it opens up so he's so it opens up boom and he's he's already through and it's like you've kind of missed it and i also noticed another thing real quick like tackling him has become very painful it looks like for some of these bigger guys because they end up reaching for what would normally be you know like they're kind of trying to wrap up and they're reaching for what would normally be kind of you know the rib rib, waist area right right. and they're and they end up hitting his helmet and they're hitting his shoulder pads so it's like it's 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 kind of a little bit another thing that just adds to the more not, not more difficult but just different way yeah. that you're trying to tackle Deuce Vaughn versus everybody else. It, it's interesting to see him out there with the ones that they clearly have plans for him. So uh, for fantasy guys, I guess. <laughs> this, now this is what I want to talk about is no, Deuce Vaughn's no, fantasy value. That's no, what really no, matters no, here. No, we're not talking um, about that. I saw a note from Kyle Yeomans yesterday at DallasCowboys.com that the Cowboys were really working him in the passing game, trying to find creative ways to get him to football. And I actually saw Bob Stern was talking about this on Twitter, how – you want to beat a blitz. It's not having Deuce Vaughn pick up a linebacker. It's by setting no. him on a Texas no. route like they did in week one of the preseason. And that's how you, you just kill teams with those easy little throws to a little running back. That's just going to be so yeah. impossible to cover in the open field. I do think, I think the Cowboys are going to try to find ways to get him the football in the passing game because Man, you get him one on one with like a linebacker who can't move, which there's a lot of those guys out there, a 248 pound linebacker that can't change direction. And it's just, it's gimme yards on third down. He's dangerous in space, man. Cause if he can see you coming and he could anticipate it, like he could find a way around you, you know? So it, it, you don't get a good shot on him because of his height, you know? And if he's moving, like your best bet is that he's 
dropped his weight to shift and then you get him like you you yeah. pounce on him right as he's th- there but if you or you're so slow that he makes two moves and comes back well, to you originally <laughs> i don't yeah did you see that right that he just appeared back in front of you uh did, did you see the one play where he was the he runs i think it was a, a flat route and he catches the ball and to his his credit demo clark is right there like yeah. i mean he chased him out and was covering him perfectly but it's but he you know uh, Vaughn did that thing where he already started breaking back inside before he caught the ball, so he catches it with all of his momentum going back inside while Clark is still going outside. So Clark, to, again to his credit, gets a hand on on Deuce Vaughn. But but that's the point, right? Is that him with all his body weight going away from Deuce Vaughn and reaching and grabbing him, yeah. even though he's five five one hundred eighty pounds, you're not going to be able to get him no. because he's all muscle and he's all leverage, right? So. It's it's stuff like that where, you know, the the, the smallness helps. Like it, it does really help. does help in your ability to kind of escape it, those kind of situations if you're used correctly. Because like yeah, saw, of course, Aaron Sproles yeah. is the perfect example. Like the Saints and the Chargers knew how to use him so well. They didn't ask him to do and stuff in between the tackles to move piles. Like if, if you just don't expect him to do that, but you get him in space, you throw wheel routes to him, you throw the ball to him in the flat, he can have a lot of value. And I think that's what Mike McCarthy and the rest of the offensive coaches are trying yeah. to figure out is what's the best way to use his skill set and his size uh, to his advantage and make it difficult for the defense to stop him. One last thing before we go, I, I will say that I think the one thing that has really helped Vaughn is having Turpin on the team. And I think that those two have, have really helped each other because they use them very similarly in some ways in the passing game. So they are conceiving of these uh, of concepts for smaller yeah. receivers. It's not just like, oh, hey, let's take this normal running back rec- receiver route and we'll plug Deuce in there. Like they understand how to use these players or they're trying to understand how to use these players yep. and, 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 and how to take advantage of their the diminutive size combination with their speed. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen every day. Again, every day, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about the preseason, a couple guys that we are excited to see. Go check out our show on YouTube. We are free and available on all platforms. Go follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.